In 86, Anna Martin wrote the first book of what became a cult. Now it's time for Babysitter's Club Club. I'm going to be a little sniffly. I'm going to be a little throat cleary tonight because I have a cold. Okay, well. I didn't want to record, but I'm here gonna, we are. I'm going to edit all that out. Tanner, here we are again. And by again, I mean literally the next day. Yeah, we recorded yesterday, last week's episode. What was it? Dawn's big day. It's all gone. It's no, all gone. Marianne, plus too many babies. Yeah, Marianne and the big date. Nothing compares. Nothing compares. Too many babies. Too many babies. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. We recorded that yesterday, and now we're back at it again. We went to work for a full eight hours today, but we still somehow managed to jam a book in there. I really, really jammed the book in there this you, week. You got it in? Baby Nation. <laughs> I crammed it right in. So if I miss some key details? I got the whole thing. Okay. I read every word. Yeah. It was a good book. Yeah, it was a good book. It was, it was a Christie great book. book. Yeah. Good, clean, fun. God, I am getting to a point now where my eyes light up when I see that it's going to be a Christie book. Good, clean, fun. You know it's going to be good. It's always classic babies. Yeah. It's always classic babysitter antics. There's no supernatural. There's no division. Right. It's just good, clean, fun. No one's fighting. Right. And if there's any fighting, it's like those dastardly villains, Cokie Mason and Grace Bloom. That's right, actually. Grace Bloom, yeah. Boom. And Alan Gray. Well, yeah. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. He's more like chaotic neutral. No, Alan Gray's chaotic evil. Cokie Mason's chaotic. No, Cokie Mason is She's lawful, lawful evil. evil. Cokie Mason's lawful evil. Right. Alan Gray is chaotic evil. Alan Gray is chaotic neutral. No, he's chaotic evil. He just wants chaos for its own sake. Let's dive right into the thing that Alan Gray did today. Okay, can I tell you what Alan Gray did today? Okay. It was my... Part of the week! Wow. Record time getting to a burn of the week. You are not kidding about keeping this one tight, huh? Wow. This is going to be confusing because you have zero context, Baby Nation, but I'm just going to go for it anyway. Then Alan got up. <laughs> the worst. He stepped behind the podium and said, Okay, everybody, stand up. There was a pause, then a buzz of talk. Come on, up. The buzz of talk grew louder, but everyone eventually got to their feet. Good, said Alan. Now sit down again. <laughs> what is this? said someone. Simon says. Alan waited, his arms extended. <laughs> Until the snickering, grumbling student sat back down. Then he folded his arms across his chest. I've just proved to you what a good leader I am. <laughs> you all did what I told you, so now I'm telling you to vote for me. And that was it. He left the podium and returned to his seat, raising his clasped hands over his head <laughs> as the rest of the class talked and laughed behind him. I could not believe it. Ugh. What a fucking badass. He's like the Joker, man. Remember yeah. that scene in Dark Knight where the Joker has like the two like gondola or is and it, there's like a like bomb fairies. on each one? Yeah. yeah. This is what Alan just did. Or yeah. more accurately, he's like Bane with the stadium full of people. <laughs> anyway, he's like give me, give me a Christopher example. Nolan Batman film. Give me an example of somebody who's chaotic neutral. The Joker. Or the chaotic neutral? Yeah. It's like Aladdin 
from Disney's. Oh, come on. Yeah. He's not fighting for good or evil. He's capable of both good and... He's just out for himself. Yeah, and he doesn't care who gets hurt in the process. That seems controversial. That Aladdin's chaotic neutral? Like, yes, but let's not dive too far into it. I just think that Alan Gray, what he wants in this situation is just maximum chaos. That's chaotic evil. He hasn't... he's doing it for evil. There's no good in Alan Gray. Yeah, he's he, not ever doing it to help people. No. And he's not doing it to help himself. There's another, More importantly, he's not doing it to help himself. He's just doing it to cause chaos. There's another scene in this book where they have a fire drill. Oh, yeah. See, this proves my point. And they all go out on the playground, and Alan Gray, for some reason, he's like the fire monitor or something, so a bunch of students are following him. They all go out on the playground, and he just keeps walking. Right, he just walks just away like, from school. walks everyone home, and all these kids start just being like, oh, I guess we can just go home early. And they all just follow him. <laughs> He's like the Pied Piper. And he's got his hands out. Yeah. Like, come with me. (laughs) And eventually, like, a teacher picks up on it. They're like, Alan Gray, get back here. I like this, like, Alan Gray is, like, messianic figure. Uh, You think so? Or maybe, like, a false messiah, right? He's, like, raising his hands and having people follow him. Antichrist, if anything. That's good. He's He's just leading people to their own doom. Yeah. Wow. And he can do it because he's a charismatic leader. God, and I love him, and I would follow him. Into the dark. I'll tell you who I would follow. Who? Pete Black. Yeah, good. You've uh, heard that song before, right? Because when you yeah, I know you sing it, it doesn't really sound like anything. Yeah, it does. Yeah, I think it works. Yeah, does it sound like ACDC's Back in Black when you do it? Yeah, it kind of does. Oh, okay. <laughs> Maybe it's been a while since you heard the song. I don't know. <laughs> Do you want to play it for me? Nah. Okay. Hi, hi. Hi. And welcome to the Babysitter's Club. 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 A podcast in which I, Jack Shepard. And I, Tanner Greenring. What happened? I just wanted to pause for dramatic effect. I was watching your eyes and they went wide like you had forgotten what you were doing because you were reading something on my wall. You literally forgot in the middle of doing what you were doing that you were introducing yourself. I said it with a flourish (laughs) of dramatic effect. (laughs) In which we talk about the classic novels of Princeton Zone, Princess, and Matthews Martin. Listen, I feel like I've already done a lot of heavy lifting in this episode. You have I've already done a bird of the week. Yeah. I've already done Pete Black's song. Uh-huh. I complained about having a cold. Yep. I feel like there's more where that came from. Maybe if you're lucky. I don't know, man. I feel like... Stay we... tuned, baby nation. Yeah. You can hear an adult man whine <laughs> about having a cold. <laughs> if that's what you like. <laughs> this week, we read a book, obviously, because you already heard our burn of the week from it, called Christie for President. Mm. It was fucking fantastic. Yeah, man, I tell you this all the time. Christie books, good, clean, fun. K plus. They're K plus. They're K plus. Nonsense. Nonsense, Christie. <laughs> fucking nonsense. Let me read you some of her slogans, her okay. campaign slogans. Yeah, I wrote a few down too. Like A plus equals K plus. Mm. That's the slogan, just to be clear. That's like A plus, full stop, equals K plus. Yeah. That's her campaign slogan. Yeah, here's another one. Extra special K, which is like maybe a drug reference. I, maybe in the She's early talking 90s. about ketamine? I don't know. Or cereal. Either way, neither of these things inspire someone to vote for their future president. Here's the last one, which Claudia came up with. These are all from Claudia. Mm-hmm. Christy for K plus president. 
It's just all nonsense. Yeah. <laughs> well, and Claudia is the brains behind this, which yeah. is maybe why it went off the rails. She's the I, campaign manager. Yeah. I'm sure it looked good. But Claudia's reasoning for K plus is she's like, it's like a super grade in school. Yeah. Uh, except Claudia, you know that the further down the alphabet you go, the worse grade it is. Right. It doesn't work as a slogan. It's a bad slogan. Um, they put them on a lot of buttons. Jamie Newton had a better slogan. Did he? I didn't capture any of Jamie's. Uh, Christy for Prez, she's the Bez. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, in his defense, he's eight. Yeah. Claudia's 14. Yeah. She can't come up with anything good. Another one that Jamie Newton comes up with, choose Christy or else. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. That's an Alan Gray style yeah. campaign. Slogan. He would like that. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty good. Um, Those are their slogans. They're bad. They're bad. Alan Gray, on the other hand, he's the type of candidate I would like to go grab a beer with. <laughs> you know? He just seems yeah. really down to earth. His big campaign stunt is to cover himself in purple balloons. Oh, it's so good. So he looks like a bunch of grapes. It's fucking brilliant. And then he just has people pop the balloons. Yeah, he hands out pins. Right. And has I'd people say, pop vote the balloons. For, vote for Gray. Yeah. It's so fucking good. What's his pl- Does he have a platform? Uh, Here's the feeling good all the time. <laughs> His, his platform he doesn't have a platform his platform is like you do my bidding yeah like see how disruptive i am yeah imagine if you the student body can turn this against the faculty yeah the halls would run red with blood <laughs> vote for alan gray um well thank god we have the stabilizing force of the great the one and only pete black yeah Don- <laughs> now you have me self-conscious. <laughs> I know the song. Yeah. Um. Well, we've described the book. Shall we describe the book? <laughs> you mean more succinctly? Yeah. Yeah. Probably. Um. We've well, kind of really gotten a lot of it out there, though. Well, you know what else you should be feeling anxious about? Because mm. I certainly am. Mm. We are inside right now. By the rules of this podcast, we're inside a burn of the week. Why don't you just do yours real quick? Get it out of the way. And then we can get out. We can't live this whole episode inside a burn of the week. It's in like a burn sandwich. Ugh, I don't like it. Uh, Just say yours now. Let's get out. Say yours now. Sure, man. I'm shocked that you didn't write this burn of the week down as your burn of the week. It is just like a rapid fire series of burn after burn after burn by Christy on her arch nemesis, Cokie Mason. She just burns her down to the ground. Are you familiar with this moment? Alan Gray burns the entire student body at SMS. (laughs) He just pulls their strings like a puppet master. That was fucking awesome. I would argue that this exchange is the most brutal takedown by a babysitter on a non-babysitting combatant. Yeah. In the she history of the series. It, yeah, she feels bad about it. Cokie Mason sidles up to Christy Thomas, the mm. titular heroine of this novel. Mm. And this is going to be meaningless to you, Baby Nation. It's going to sound like gobbledygook. Because we have not described the book for you, and you have no idea what happens, any of the major plot points in this novel, Christy for President. Yeah, no, they so don't. you're just going to have to do your best to 
figure out cues. This episode is structured like Memento. Yeah. Another Christopher Nolan movie. Yeah, I'm sure people who have been listening to this podcast for a long time could already tell from the beginning of this that the only way to listen to this is to go to the end and no, no, no. play it backwards. You watch it in its entirety, but at the end, there will be some cipher that ties everything together, and like everything will fall into place, and you'll be like, oh. Yeah, yeah. good. That's a lot to deliver on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll get there. Yeah. Listen, here's what Cokie Mason says to Christy. Yeah. How are you feeling about being the underdog in this campaign, Christy Thomas? Grace and Cokie were standing behind me. Cokie had trained the video cam on me. Is that video cam? Cam Geary? Is it a video cam Geary? No, it's one word, video cam. Mm, I think maybe they were trying to get that to stick in the early 90s, and it just never quite made it. I mean, everybody, not Anne. Mm, yeah, but Anne does have that kind Anne of Anne was, like, right out in front. Anne was like, look, everyone's calling them camcorders, but I've been right about a lot of things, and I'm pretty sure yeah. that people are going to come around to calling these video cams. Video cams. Yeah. So That's I'm just cool. going to go ahead and put in the book. 30 years from now, people are going to be like, oh, man, that was very prescient. We'll be on the right side of history on yeah. this one. Okay, so they've got their video cam out. They train it on Christy because they want to do... This is kind of prescient. It's very, like, YouTube gotcha journalism, mm. you know? Yeah. They, like, get up in your face with a mic and a video cam. Yeah. And they're like, hey, Christy, how are you feeling about being the underdog in this campaign? And you're supposed to, like, splutter. Yeah. But that's not what happens. Christy says, how about underdog bites back? I suggested stepping up close to the camera. Are you getting that, Cokie? Cokie backed up a little, but kept the camera rolling. You are so immature, said Grace. I bit back the retort that it takes one to know one. She bit back something that would have been a burn of the week. Yeah. She had in her mind She's a burn of the week. It one takes one to know one. Yeah. An immature. Yeah. It takes an immature to know an immature. Right. With your video cam. But she fucking bites that back. Yeah. Instead, I shrugged. You're entitled to your opinion, Grace. Or anybody else's, since I doubt you ever have any of your own. Yeah, good. You plagiarize your own fucking opinions. It does not end there. Oh, are you kidding me? What What do you mean? Now she's got her own video cam on her own demise. Yeah. She's Why getting. she turn it back on her? She's getting burned to the fucking ground. Because Christy's like on fire Oh, yeah, right Cokie. Cokie's yeah. like just captured. Cokie's a good journalist. Yeah. Cokie's like, well, this she is. She just gets the full story. Yeah. Um, what do you mean? It's a difficult concept, Grace. Are you getting this, Cokie? She fucking turns to her. She's like, I hope your video cam is still fucking rolling. Yeah, she's like a vice reporter. <laughs> Turn it off, Cokie. Let's go. Grace glared at me. The best man will win. Grace, I said, the best woman and the best candidate is going to win. So why don't you just go somewhere and get some more practice at being a loser? <laughs> Woof. It's kind of a, 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 a strike against the patriarchy as well, except yeah. a man wins. Yeah, a man ends up winning the yeah, presidency. Pete Black. Yeah, Pete Black becomes the president. Right. Great message, Anne. <laughs> Thanks, Anne. <laughs> hey, listen, let's describe this book. People are going to be wondering, what's she running for? Yeah. We're fucking deep inside this podcast. We've already done Burn in the Week. Yeah. People have no fucking idea what happens in this novel. Yeah. We're fucking babysitting journalists. Okay. We're here to report on what's going on in the world of babysitting, and thus far, we have reported on nothing of the sort. I'm going to do it like a vice reporter. 
Okay. And I'm going to get high on acid first. Okay. <laughs> what do you Great. think of that? Yeah. Uh, I took three hits of acid and described a babysitter's club <laughs> book. <laughs> That's why you don't work for Vice, man. <laughs> it just doesn't really have legs. They're just like, we love the acid thing. Yeah. Very bold. Yeah. Uh are you married to Babysitter's Club? <laughs> yeah. It's like, yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. the important part. <laughs> yeah. And your thing is going to be like, so I took the acid, I described the book. An hour later, it kicked in and I could not sleep and had some really fucking weird <laughs> dreams when I got home. <laughs> um, how about I describe the book? Fine. Drug free. Alcohol is a drug. Okay. I'm going to describe this book, then you're going to describe this book. For the love of God. What if I managed to trip you up and hold you up for an entire episode and just <laughs> never describe the book? Baby Nation will revolt. I'm going to describe this book. In the grand tradition of Timothy Krause's The Boys on the Bus and Hunter S. Thompson's Fear and Loathing on the Campaign Trail, this riveting account of the vicious backbiting, shameless pandering, and rampant mismanagement that goes into a quixotic bid for the presidency that is doomed from the outset will leave you wondering why anyone would ever dream of running for the hardest and most thankless job in the world. Especially when that person is the hapless, hilarious, and woefully underprepared Kristen Amanda Thomas. A campaign trail classic in the making. Christy for president. Whew. That... Read like you finished the book 20 minutes before I got here. <laughs> Jotted something down on the back of a down. napkin? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Like I had about a minute. Like Bartlett for Prez. Or wait, <laughs> what was it? Was that it? Was that what? what they say on the West Wing? Is that what Leo McGarry writes on the back of the napkin? I think it's... Bartlett for President. Get her done or something like that. What's next? It's vote for... Jeb, he is the Bez. Yeah, <laughs> but for Jebs, he's the Bez. He's the Bez. <laughs> uh, okay, do you want me to do mine? I don't know that we need it. Okay, good, because I'm low energy. <laughs> and I didn't want to do it anyway. I'm going to put 60 seconds on this clock. No, you just said. Look, I'm lawful good here, my man. Baby Nation, I'm sure you know, but like... In D&D, there's a thing where you categorize people. Alignment charts. Yeah, it's called an alignment chart. So that's what that's all about. They know. Okay. They're all nerds. Okay. Fine. Jack is lawful good. I'm chaotic good. It's so lame to think of yourself as chaotic good. You're lawful good like um, characters such as Leslie Nope from Parks and Rec. It's mm. good. People um, like her. I'm chaotic good like characters like... Han Solo. Or good Aladdin. Or good Aladdin. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Big Bird. Another lawful good like you. Big Bird. I don't think that there's any... Another other. chaotic good like me. Um, Indiana Jones. So just basically Harrison Ford All characters. All Harrison Ford characters. Get off my plane. Yeah. Yeah. John Kimball. <laughs> <laughs> I did not kill my wife. Yeah. <laughs> John Kimball would be maybe true neutral. I don't know. That one's a complicated one to bring up. <laughs> and has zero relevance to this uh, Babysitter's Club book we read. So Christie for president. Yeah. Which you're now, Baby Nation, about to have the treat of having described to you 
in 60 seconds. Good. But just get to it. Babysitter's <laughs> Club expert. This is what it's like for me, man. Except, I'm trying to describe the book, and you fucking head me off at the pass every goddamn time. Except what I'm going to do is I'm going to lean back and stop paying attention until you until you give me the signal. Starting now. Guess what, Baby Nation? <laughs> Exciting times in Stony Brook, Connecticut. Jamie Newton has a bicycle. <laughs> Jamie Newton has a new bicycle. He wants to learn how to ride it very badly. All the babysitters take turns babysitting him over the course of the book. Uh, he immediately takes off his training wheels because he thinks they're for babies uh, and then has a lot of trouble learning how to ride his bike. He's too afraid of falling off the bike. Because he's a baby. Because he's a baby. Um, eventually, some cool boys in the neighborhood say, Jamie, why'd you take off your training wheels, bud? And he's like, I want to be cool like you. And they're like, well, you need those. It's how you learn how to ride a bike. Uh, why don't you go ahead and put them back on and we'll teach you how, how to ride a bike. You only need two wheels at first, and then you can go down to one, and then you'll be riding a bike in no time. And Jamie's like, sure, that sounds really awesome. And he's really excited because he, cause then he can then ride a bike. Um, Christy is running for class president. So is Pete Black. So is Alan Gray. So is Koki Mason's friend. Fuck. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> he kept the alert on this time. Uh, I, I don't know why that happened. <laughs> I don't like it, though. Stop it. Now everybody is going to know that this Big Bad Clock is an iPhone. <laughs> it wasn't a Big Bad Clock big all clock. along. It was just a Jack's iPhone. It was my fucking iPhone. Um, Tanner, do you want to tell the Baby Nation what you did with your little gag that took up 60 seconds of their fucking Well, here's the time? thing. Here's the thing. Tanner? Here's the thing. Because you know what you did. Here's you know what you did. I never get around to the B-plot. <laughs> I always miss it, and I always just cover it very briefly. This was the most... And it's not fair. It's not fair to Anne. It's not fair to the babies. It's not fair to Jamie Newton. It's certainly not fair to Nola Thacker. Explain. The author would like to graciously acknowledge Nola Thacker for her help... new name every week. ...in preparing this manuscript. This is a Nola Thacker original. And this was Jamie Newton. I couldn't do that to Jamie. (laughs) So I hit it hard... And then I didn't leave myself enough time to cover the A-plot, which is about an election. All right, we'll get there. Let's start with Nola Thacker, since that's where we're at. Okay. You think it's code? I don't know. Do you think it's code? Don't know. You were just... Ooh. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what's happened. It's a catastrophe. (laughs) It's just sights and sounds. (laughs) Oh, we're falling apart. Do you think we're still somehow inside Burn of the Week and we just can't get out yeah, of it? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. <laughs> this is what happens when we try to launch with the Burn of the Week. We got oh. our energy up and now we're just like, we don't know what do we to do, do with from it. here. We're just out in the wild fucking west. And we're man. like buck naked, just like sprinting through the forest. Oh, we never should have taken all those hits of acid before trying to describe oh, this novel. Fuck. That was the problem. <laughs> Vice is never going to pick it up anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, what were we talking about? Nola Thacker. You got a theory? Well, first of all, is that really your name? Well, it's fine. I don't want to name shame. Don't name shame. Okay, I feel bad now. Yeah. Nola Thacker is probably listening to this podcast right now. Nola is short for New Orleans, Louisiana. Yeah. So. See what a Thacker is. Okay. One who thacks. Tanner Googles Thacker. Do you want the Urban Dictionary? I mean, there's Thackeray. Do you want the Merriam-Webster or the Urban Dictionary? What do you fucking think? It is a dialectical variant of Thatcher. 
One who thatches. Mm. Okay. Would you like the definition of thatcher? I know what a thatcher is. It's somebody who thatches roofs. That's right. Yep. Do you want the Urban Dictionary? As long as you bleep out any blue language, sir. Ooh. <laughs> Say it with the beeps. Beep. Mm-hmm. Pleasuring <laughs> of one's partner, usually in a bleep manner. That sounds great. Yeah. And that's the first definition. The that's definition all I need to know. A person with no beep <laughs> whose beeps are connected to their beep because there is no beep to separate them. <laughs> Look, if that's what you're into. Those are the two definitions for, yeah. for Thacker. Okay, good. Well, let's call that a dead end. Let's call that a dead end. Yeah. Here's what I want to say about Nola Thacker. Two things. One, she hits forgotten dead dog Louie so hard. In hard. Head. It's like she heard our last episode. Yeah. We really put Christy to task. Right. For forgetting about Louie. Nola Thacker, presumably with Anne's blessing, brings up Louie, R.I.P., Christy's dog, seven times. Yeah. It's like this extreme version of Christy's life. The opening scenes are like, Shannon Kilborn drops by. Oh, yeah, and it's weird. Yeah. Like, it's just to have Shannon Kilborn drop by. Right. What is she doing? Christy's watching Jamie Newton. Right. And Lucy Newton. Mm-hmm. And trying to keep Jamie up on his bike. And Shannon comes by and she's like, hey, do you want to like come walk our dog with us? And Christy's like, I'm sorry, I can't. Maybe tomorrow. Yeah. And Shannon's like, great, I'll All swing right. by tomorrow. That never happens. Yeah, that did not happen. Yeah. Shannon Kilborn is out on assignment. It's weird. It's weird that Shannon makes this weird obligatory appearance. Super fucking strange. Just, I guess so. A lot Anne of Louis can say, talk. like, look, Shannon's still around. Yeah. You all thought she was dead. Nope. Troubling. I like that Nola went where Anne is afraid to go and talked about the elephant in the room, which is that Louis is still dead and is never coming back. Hmm. I mean, I didn't like it. It didn't make me happy, but like... It kind of stinks to think about. It makes me sad that Anna's just ignoring it and moving on as if Louie had never existed. Yeah. So that won me over. I like that she brought Shannon Kilborn in, you know, as a real appearance. Like, here's Shannon Kilborn. She's not going to do much. Mm-mm. Like, I don't have the rhetorical or artistic talents to paint a picture of what Shannon Kilborn might do as a character. Or maybe I don't have the license from Anne. I don't want to malign Nola here. But I'm going to bring her in and give her a speaking part. Yeah, Shannon can put this on her, like, SAG yeah. credits. Yeah, exactly. Now Shannon gets paid. Right. She gets paid double or whatever the thing is when you have a speaking part. Yeah. Which is, like, more than Anne has ever done for Shannon. Yeah. Since Christy the Snob. Good for you, Shannon. Yeah. Making that paper. Congrats, Shannon Kilborn. The other thing that Nola Thacker does that I saw kind of as a slightly pathetic cry for help. From Nola? From Nola is there's this scene that is obviously trying to get Babysitter's Club art director Hodges Swallow's attention Yeah, in this really sad way. We call that swallow baiting. <laughs> yeah. There's some real swallow baiting. Yeah. Uh, well, you want to look that up on Urban Dictionary? No. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, I did, and now my phone is, is <laughs> bricked. I bricked my phone. Yeah, sorry about that. <laughs> Siri is protecting you. Um, 
there's this little scene that Nola Thacker paints for us where Christy is trying to help Jamie Newton ride his bike. She's standing in the garage and Jamie's sitting on the bike looking super nervous. Yeah. And Christy says, I tried to think what to do. Tried to remember learning to ride a bike myself. And come to think of it, I did remember falling. But that was after the training wheels, wasn't it? While we were standing in a frozen tableau in the driveway, Claudia showed up. Wink. <laughs> right, Hodges? Yeah. Christy's holding Jamie Newton. Yeah. He's wobbling on his training wheels in the America's driveway, favorite. and then Claudia shows up, and then they all freeze in place. Yeah. Right, Hodges? Right, Hodges? Didn't make the fucking cover. Nope. The Hodges cover is... had to go for Marianne, Christy, and Claudia, who, by the way, mm-hmm. Hodges, I love you. I think you're an incredible artist. Um, you have never once painted Marianne's beer the same way twice. Oh, yeah, that is a true she fact. She looks like a different random brunette girl yeah. every time he paints her. Well, maybe they change the actress every book. Or maybe it's another one of Hodges' messages. Oh, shit. Oh, oh, I just thought of something gross. What? I was going to say Hodges is a serial killer, and this okay. is his, like, signature. <laughs> He keeps murdering these women, and, and Anne has to, he like... He paints them into his covers. He wants to be caught. Oh, God. He's giving us all the clues right there. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. Well, worth it, exploring. It's certainly <laughs> worth looking into. Yeah. Oh. Um, yeah, I can't wait till we get to Marianne's makeover. She needs to get that bob cut. Not interested in talking about it. It's As far as I'm concerned, Jack, that's a spoiler. Okay, asshole, you fucking spoiled for me, literally for us yesterday, though for the Baby Nation last week, that Pete Black ends up becoming president well, in this current you didn't book. ask me not to. I'm asking you not to spoil Marianne's makeover. I'm very much looking forward to it. <laughs> um, speaking of NOLA and speaking of codes, yeah, I want to run something by you mm-hmm. and see if we can figure out whether there's some significance or some code there. Okay. Christy is babysitting... For Karen and David Michael. Got some real classic babies in this book. Yeah. And I like that. I like that, Anne. I like that, Nola. Yeah. They're singing Do Re Mi, except they're doing it with rhymes. Mm-hmm. Uh, Christy has to watch them because Nani, her grandmother, is busy. What's happening today? I asked Nani. Bowling, said Nani, eyeing the plum preserves for a few seconds. Oh, yeah. They're good for bowling, I said. My thoughts exactly, she replied, reaching for them again. Yes. Yes, 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 yes. I captured this as well. I read that passage, I'm going to say, eight times. I did too. Just the, th- read it again. Baby Nation, now you know what's going on. Now you know what we're talking about. You have some context. Tanner's going to read this passage again. You don't need any context surrounding it. It's just like it opens on the scene and ends on the scene. It makes literally no sense. Say it again. What's happening today? I asked Nani. Bowling, said Nani, eyeing the plum preserves for a few seconds. They're good for bowling, I said, helpfully. My thoughts exactly, she replied, reaching for them again. Okay, so let's try to unpack this. So this is a known thing. Nani moved into the Brewer-Thomas household to help take care of all of the kids, especially Emily Michelle, Christie's adopted sister. She often has obligations bowling. Christy has to like take care of the kids because Nani is off bowling. With her friends. She lives an active and busy social life. And until then, I just assumed that was true. Right. I assumed that Nani was leaving to bowl. Right. But now, 
I am less certain about that. Okay. Because apparently whatever she's doing that she's calling bowling requires the aid of plum preserves. Plum preserves. Okay. I don't because you read this out with bleeps. I don't know what thacking is. Yeah. But could it be thacking? Like you eat a, so. eat a lot of plum preserves? I don't think so. And I definitely, definitely, definitely don't want to encourage Baby Nation to go look up thacking <laughs> because okay. it is very uh, bad. It's bad. very bad. Okay, good. We'll just leave that. Yeah. We'll leave that. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, okay. Here's something that I think that plum preserves help with. Yeah. Uh, defecation. Yeah. That's okay. Staying uh, regular. Staying regular. But okay. Well, hang on. So. Yeah. Has it been the case this whole time? Mm-hmm. That when Nani says she's going bowling, she's just gonna be spend a long time in the restroom. Maybe is that possible? Is that the joke Nola and Anne are trying to make here? <laughs> <laughs> it's a real long walk to that joke. But it, so Christy and Nani yeah. are in on this, right? So for this exchange to work, Nani needs to have looked at the plum preserves on the table. Yeah. And said to herself in her mind, oh, this is good for bowling. Bowling. And then Christy says that. Christy is like, oh, uh, plum preserves. Good for bowling. And Nani's like, yeah, I was just thinking that. Right. So it's code. And then Nani's like, I'll be back in a couple hours. Yeah. Take care of the kids. Yep. Taking a few copies of the It's really Stony gross. Brook it's gross. And if that's true, that's like a con that... Anne has been pulling over on us yeah. for 20 books. Wow. Since Emily and Michelle came into the scene, Nani has been bowling <laughs> in scare quotes. Well. <laughs> Gross, Anne. Gross, Anne. And now what are we supposed to think the pink clinker is? Oh, God. <laughs> she often does take the pink clinker bowling. <laughs> yeah. Ugh. Well, thanks, Not Tanner. Anne. Yeah, great. I'm glad that's where that went. Jack loves poop stuff. Good. Okay. Well, I'm glad you caught that as well. You know what we haven't talked about yet uh, here at uh, minute 40 of this podcast? Hmm. Uh, Christie's run for president. Oh, yeah. 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 It's what I would call the A plot of this novel. Yeah. Um, we've got ring, a few. Ring, ring. Excuse me. Ring 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 ring. Hello. 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 Who is this? Uh, this is Goliath Hardbody. <laughs> oh fuck you. <laughs> sorry. Excuse me. I don't know. At Hardbody Industries. I'm sorry. What did you just say to me? <laughs> I was just so surprised to be speaking to such a captain of industry. I thought it was a friend of mine, Mark Markson, playing a prank. No, it, this is Goliath Hardbody. Mr. Hardbody. Usually I'd have my assistant take care of this, <sighs> but an exciting new possibility has opened up here mm. at Hardbody Industries. And you're calling me? I am so excited about this role. You want my name? Yep. Uh, <laughs> uh, Billy Elliot. Billison. Billison. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, yeah, Bill. Can I call you Bill? I prefer Billy. Okay, kind of a childish name, but... Uh, no, Bill is good. Bill is great. Yeah. Okay, sir? This is such Mr. an exciting... Hardbody himself calling me on the phone at my house. I, I... Is this real, Mr. Hardbody? This is real. 
We have an exciting new possibility here at Harvard. Author Industries. of Management Manual, Jesse Ramsey, Pet Sitter. Yep. <laughs> what? Was that me or was that old Mark Markson over at Dynatech? <laughs> Tough to say. Could, could be anyone. Yeah. We're, we are, we're often confused because we're both such titans of industry. Listen, I'm calling you yeah. because I want to try to get you in here. Okay. I don't want to get you in here on the ground floor. No, sir. I want to get you here sea level. Sea level? I've got a sea level position that just opened up, and I think you're the right guy for it. At Goliath Industries. Yeah. Hard body industries? It's, I've heard it both ways. Yeah. It's, uh, looking after, uh, for anyone who might be listening in on this call, Yeah, uh, your company looking after babies. Well, we we do a lot of stuff. Yeah, you know, it's it's a um, conglomerate. I hear you guys are sitting in the afternoon now. We're sitting in the afternoon. We're sitting pets. You're doing cat sitting, and we've opened up a whole new branch. Oh wow! Well, tell me more. You ever hear of uh, you ever hear of Leafs? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm familiar with Leafs. We have got a gal. Like what you get in the yard, right? Oh yeah, yeah. We have got a gal here. Uh huh. Real bright young talent. Mm-hmm. Her name is Karen Brewer. Wait, of the failed startup Karen's Kitty Cat Club? You don't learn mm-hmm. unless you fail sometimes. Yeah. You know? It's like I'm riding gonna, a bike. I'm not going to kick her out the door right? just because she hasn't. her numbers haven't come through a couple of times. Mm-hmm. You know, I still think she's an incredibly talented young woman. It was a bold, disruptive idea, babysitting cats with six-year-olds. And she's got this new idea that I am in love with. Okay, tell me more, Mr. Obviously, Hardbody. I can't trust her to be C-level of this thing. I need to bring someone in with a little more clout. That's why I'm calling you Bill Billison. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I want to offer you the role of Chief Leaf Collector. <laughs> <laughs> Sir. C L. C. CLC. Of your company. Of one of my subsidiaries. Can you uh, go over some of the job duties before I sign on the dotted line here? Let me ask you a question. Please. You ever hear of the color red? <laughs> Have I? I want you to go into the lawn. Uh-huh. Find me every red leaf out there. <laughs> Let me sweeten the pot okay. for you. You can hire anyone you choose to be the vice president in charge of choosing colors. <laughs> Karen had this guy, David Michael, doing it, and he was really talented, but we kind of want to elevate this a little bit, really blow it out. Okay. What do you say? So I'm CLC. CLC, and you can hire anyone you want. And choose, I can choose my VP of... VP of Choosing Colors. Choosing Colors. Sir, I'm on board. Ooh, that's what I like to hear. Let's talk salary. Okay. Can't afford to pay you. Ansine. <laughs> Ansine. Um, Tanner? Yeah. It was fun. And happening a new role. That was B-plot stuff. Yeah. You went right back into the B-plot. I was just steering this ship. I just wanted to cover Slowly away from the iceberg that is the B-plot. Christy is watching Karen and David Michael. Yeah. They go into the lawn. Karen decrees herself chief leaf collector and names David Michael as her vice president in charge of choosing colors. David Michael chooses red. Yeah. They go and collect all the red leaves. It's good stuff. It's just, a, you know, it's just a fun little note. And with that, Jack, mm-hmm. I can tell you now, just looking through, yeah, all my notes taken. <laughs> wow. Got through them all. 
gosh, whatever could there be to talk about? It's all I captured, so... May I make a suggestion? Yeah. The A-plot of this novel? <laughs> I'm not dodging it, Baby Nation, and it wasn't uninteresting. Yeah. It was a good book it was fucking and a great. good A-plot. Christy runs for eighth grade president. Yeah. Against... I just don't have anything on it. <laughs> the cabal that is Koki Mason and Grace Bloom. Yeah. Against the chaotic, either evil or neutral, we haven't decided yet, but force of chaos we are agreed upon, Alan Gray. Right. And the amazing, inestimable, perfect specimen. What is that I hear in the the background? (laughs) Pete Black. Pete Black. Sorry, Jack's how bad it is theme song, Baby Nation. (laughs) It's fucking awesome. Uh, Christy drops out. She's a real Ross Perot. Yeah. <laughs> and and it was like, I didn't have a tearful moment this week. No. And I was either. gearing up for one because I was expecting her to go up in front of the whole class to give her debate speech. Yeah. And say, you deserve a president who has time for you, who's looking out for your best interests. That's why I, Christy Thomas, must drop out of this race. And I insist you vote for P. Black. Then that was going to. I was expecting it. I was was like, that's going to be my terrible moment. Yeah. And she didn't do that. No. (laughs) She just went out and said, I can't do it. It's too much work. Um, The four people running for class president are all representatives of four different styles of government. Okay. Christy. Laissez-faire. I had Christie as authoritarianism. No. Okay, maybe. Here's an example. <laughs> Literally, right after Christie Thomas tells the BSC that she's thinking about running for president. Yeah. Christie for president. Claudia flung up her free hand and pretended she was waving to a crowd. Babysitters rule, I answered. She thinks about this office, which is one of the most noble callings that you can have to serve yeah. in the capacity county, council president of as Stony president Park middle school. She thinks about it as ruling, not governing. And not even ruling her fellow man, but ruling babies. She right. thinks of all of her peers as babies. Yeah, I'm going to be good at this because I'm used to pushing babies around. Right. Yeah, that makes sense to me. Yeah. I'm on board with that. So... Christy, as we've explored previously, has authoritarian impulses. Yeah, I think I said laissez-faire a moment ago. Okay. Don't actually know what that means. That means allow to do. So kind of a Don mentality. It's a very California casual. It's the French version of California casual. That's cool. Yeah, it's very cool. It's not something we saw up there. So Christy Thomas, authoritarianism. Mm -hmm. Grace Bloom, oligarchy. Okay. <laughs> she and Koki Mason want to run a society that works for the five or six snobby rich kids at Stony Brook Middle School who can afford a video cam. Right. It's mostly just Koki. Yeah, she's the sort of shadow president there. Right. Koki Mason just kind of sits back in this book and lets Grace Bloom. She can't make too much noise, you yeah. know? She doesn't need people looking into her history. Certainly not. So she can't run. They would find some skeletons in that closet. 
But she can kind of pull the strings on Grace. Yeah. Alan Gray, anarchy? Anarchy. Yeah. Absolutely. That's what he represents. I feel like... Libertarianism? (laughs) A little bit? No rules, just right. He's telling people to stand up and sit down. Just to prove that they're sheeple. Yeah, I guess so. Pull the wool from your eyes, yeah. Stony Brook. Wake up, sheeple. You don't have to do what I tell you. Yeah. When well, I'm president. Again, though. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, people like I had down as kind of a technocracy. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and I think that's what we want. You that's don't think this... Pete Black is like a democratic republic? Yeah, totally. Okay. But it's tons of regulation. <laughs> uh-huh. Like, a lot of government bureaucracy. What did he say that made it seem like he's going to be a, a insufferable bureaucrat? He wants to do new kinds of plays. So he's, like, tired of the fact that everybody always gets the same old plays. Which is, like, literally the reason Christie ran. Pete yeah. Black took that from Christie, that campaign platform. Pete Black takes a little bit from everyone. Yeah. That's what's so brilliant. What Pete Black is doing that works so well and that completely blindsides Christie to the extent that she has to like Ross Perot out of there. Yeah. And destroys the campaigns of Alan Gray and Grace Bloom, who has like a huge war chest. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she does. She has a video cam. She has a video cam. Right. But what Pete Black is doing that's so brilliant is he's coalition building. Here's what Chrissy says. He had one, maybe two good ideas, but they were really only the sorts of things that would appeal to a minority of kids, special interest groups. That was the phrase. Pete's campaign appealed to special interest groups. Oh, you think he's kowtowing to lobbyists. He's finding a bunch of different groups who alone aren't going to do the work for him, but together can build like big tent. Right. He's like... We should stop doing plays for babies and start doing adult plays like Our Town. Right. And also, um, let's put cigarette vending machines in the cafeteria. Right. And just pats the wad of big tobacco cash in his pocket. Yeah. (laughs) And he's just like, I think we should have contracts for um, Iranian oil. (laughs) (laughs) And Our Town. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Well, and people ask the president, you guys. Right. Look what you did. Baby Nation. Yeah, this is what you did. This is your fucking government. Yeah. Handouts for big tobacco. Right. Lifting sanctions on Russia. Endless regulations around school plays. Uh-huh. Like, you're just going to kill the school play industry with regulation after regulation. He wants to kill the entire National Endowments for the Arts. <laughs> All right, so that's it. This is the world that we live in. Pete Black is our president. Way to go. It. It's fine. He has a broad coalition. It's a big tent technocracy. Yeah. A lot of bureaucracy. Essentially good impulses. We'll see if SMS changes. They've got some good people appointed. Mallory Pike is secretary of the sixth grade. Mm-hmm. Um, how many people do you think have to die before the secretary of the sixth grade becomes the president? I don't know, but I think we could probably wipe most of them out at the inauguration. (laughs) I think in that case, Mallory Pike is going to be like designated survivor. Right. She'll be watching from a hotel room like several (laughs) miles away. Um, And then she gets thrown into this. The next book. Is this the plot of a TV show? It's designated survivor. Is that a TV show? You just said that. You just said designated (laughs) survivor. (laughs) Is it a TV show? I thought we were both doing that joke together. 
You're just like, yeah, there could be a designated survivor. <laughs> I think maybe I saw commercials for it, and it just kind of like seeped into my subconscious. <laughs> Listen, the next book, Tanner, yeah. is called Mallory and the Dream Horse. Whoa, that sounds so good. Yeah. <laughs> so maybe that's the plot of it? She's out like looking at a dream horse somewhere. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we lose Pete Black. But we gain a dream horse. <laughs> we need the secretary of the sixth grade to come and rescue us from this chaos. <laughs> um, that wouldn't make any sense. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> but I can't wait to read that book. That sounds good as hell. I don't want Mallory to get pitted against a fucking horse. No, she would lose that fight. God, that it's a dream horse brutal. too, so it's not even corporeal. <laughs> She'd have to use enchanted weapons. <laughs> yeah. This is sounding great. This is sounding really good. Um, have you ever noticed, Tanner? Yeah. That none of the boy crazy babysitters have boyfriends, and all of the boy sensible babysitters do have boyfriends? <sighs> what do you think that means? You want me to run it down for you? Yeah. Christy. Bart. Bart. Bart Bashir. Bart Basher. I think is how it's pronounced. Okay. Marianne. Yeah. Logan. Logan. Don. Don. Lewis. Mm, you sure, bud? They like literal kiss on the lips. Mm, they do actually. Yeah. They do were they? F- facking in the back of the. Uh... Don't you can't keep saying it. You have to beep that out. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Mallory. Ben Habat. Ben Habat. Yeah. Jesse. Quint. Well, let's. You're jumping the gun on some of these. I'm not jumping the gun on Quint. Jesse and Quint aren't an item. Excuse me, sir. They went to one dance together. In the last fucking book, there is a mention of Jesse and her boyfriend Quint, who moved to New York to pursue his dream of, I think, dancing. Mm. I looked it up. Babysitters Club Super Special Number Six. That's how far we are behind on Super yeah. Specials. <laughs> but then, us. Claudia and Stacy got nobody. Well, Claudia's got that boy she met at camp. What about Will, Jack? Like, literally not a peep out of him. Um, no, you're right. I think if you put out... This is a lesson for all of you, Baby Nation. If you seem desperate, if you put out desperate energy into the world, uh-huh. it's going to turn people off. Yeah. They're going to look away from you. You'll be lucky if you can get a pen pal. Yeah. They'll look to the more stoic yep. and carefree among us, the Dawns, yeah. the Christies, yeah. the Mary Ann's. Yeah. took me a long time to figure that out. Really? Yeah. You had a period of putting out desperate vibes. Oh, a period? A yeah. lifetime. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad to hear that you've settled down, my friend. Yeah. Um, let's settle down into the outro of this podcast. I was thinking maybe some more of my notes. Okay. If you say so, man. I'm just riding this chill wave. Stacy is dressed like Harley Quinn. Bad. Uh, Lucy talks to a purple ball. Bad. That was a weird one. <laughs> well, they get in an argument. Dawn took Lucy over to her playpen and put a bright purple cloth ball near her. Lucy turned her head sideways and stared at it, then began talking to it. Fine so far. Babies don't know that everything doesn't answer. Or maybe grown-ups don't know that things do. Interjection by Nola Thacker. 
Did you catch that? Yeah, I didn't, but that spooks me out a lot. It's fucking terrifying. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. That one spooks me out. This child just like turns her head, swivels her head all the way around, 360. <laughs> yeah. And, and she starts babbling to this ball. Christy is like, hey, want to play Lucy? And Lucy's like, no. I must talk to the ball. And just starts talking to it. And we're like, huh, maybe that was just babies being babies. And Nola Thacker's like, no, no, no. There's something deeper happening here. Sometimes grown-ups don't know that the things talk back. Sometimes balls talk back. Yeah. And then later on, Lucy starts screaming and crying, and Christy goes over and says, oh, maybe the ball said something mean to her. Yeah. So it's like, even Christy's kind of coming around to this way of thinking. It's fucking terrifying. And she just assumes that the ball is malevolent. All right. So throw that on your list. Sentient orbs. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Sentient orbs. (laughs) Baby Nation. That's a new one. Nola Thacker was like, hey, Ann, is it cool if I freelance a little bit? I threw a uh, sentient orb. Uh, it could mean anything. It's just in the B plot. Yeah. I don't think they're going to talk about it that much anyway. No. So, I just really want to establish this sentient orb oh. mythology. <laughs> and it's like, you know what, Nola? Go for it. You've yeah. earned it. Yeah. <laughs> you gave us a good, clean book this week. Yeah. Throw a sentient orb in. Yeah. No, it's like I feel like I've I've checked everything off the list. Uh, Shannon Kilborn, Jamie Newton, uh, Louis the Dead Dog, and a purple sentient orb. <laughs> I think we probably have to keep our eye out for that. <laughs> yeah, I think so too. Sentient orb may be pulling all the strings. <laughs> Almost we'll certainly. Good, good. Um, I'm looking at you. You got you. Have, do you have a cold by any chance? Me, I have a cold. I have a cold. Because you haven't mentioned it. You've been real stoic. It's 10 p.m. I'm I'm very ill. I have a cold. I'm it's getting get worse. Yeah. I'm coughing. I'm sniffling. If you heard sniffles, Baby Nation, it's because I I actually sniffled about a billion times oh, more sorry. often. Oh, sorry. Hang on. I, sorry. And I Jack cut them all except for the ones he couldn't cut because I sniffled over him talking. Yeah. I didn't, I, I didn't say, please tell me more about your cold. I don't feel good. And I want to go home and go to bed. My question was going to be, you have a cold, so do you want to talk about Karl Popper's The Open Society and its enemies and its relation to Plato's Republic and how that ties into this novel? Christy for president? You know I don't. You know I don't. Even if I wasn't ill, I wouldn't want to talk Even about that. Even if I weren't ill. Okay. I've been Tana Greenring. <laughs> Here's how. It's a moment that don't actually talk about it. <laughs> we briefly discussed. Uh, Christy is talking about the school plays and her platform of like eradicating school plays, and the way that comes about. Uh, Jesse is like, "Hey, this semester we're going to be putting on Mary Poppins." Mary Poppins, I said, disgusting. Uh, I used to love Mary Poppins," said Marianne diplomatically. "Used to" is the operative phrase here. I can't believe it. I think we should do something real. Like Our Town, which is a a play without a set. Christy doesn't want fiction in her utopian society that she's trying to create. Okay. Just like, as you know, Plato kicked the poets and the artists out of his republic. 
because he didn't think that people could handle fiction because it's an imitation of an imitation. Was Plato the one who was just totally against lying entirely? Who was that? Kant. Kant. Kant thought lying was the greatest sin. Well, uh, Whitehead said that all of philosophy is just footnotes to Plato. But I digress. I wish you would. (laughs) Do you not see this? Plato, much like Christie, kicked the poets and the artists out of his republic and Karl Popper in The Open Society and Its Enemies. Was Karl Popper the guy from... Um, Not Blues Traveler. Blues Traveler? Don't say it. Was that him? No. Yeah, okay. it's it's the guy from Blues Traveler. Ooh, and that whole music video is about how he gets that woman to sing for him. Was it a woman? What's the song called? Uh, yeah, yeah, running around. Run around? Fire away. Yeah. He things up. Is it run around? Yeah, wasn't the music video all about how he stayed backstage and like a much younger and more handsome person went out and performed for him? An imitation of an imitation. Oh, is it really? Yeah. Fucking hell. Do you think John Popper was channeling Karl Popper? Almost certainly. They're probably cousins. That's good stuff. Yeah. Not really. That's bad stuff. Okay, fine. But let me just land this point, Tanner. If you really feel like you need to. Karl Popper, as you, I would have thought, no, wrote in The Open Society and Its Enemies, a diatribe against Plato's Republic for advocating, essentially, authoritarianism. Because he wanted to destroy art. Not because of that, because of everything he does in the Republic, because of the society he was trying to build, because of the society that Christie is trying to build. Okay. She's an authoritarian. Okay. Seems all right to me. You're not even, you're looking at your phone. I brought that all the way home for you. Mm. I crossed all the T's, dotted all the I's, and brought in a fucking Blues Traveler reference. I brought in the Blues Traveler reference. Don't you dare try to take credit for that. I'm the one who made it relevant to our audience. All right, fine, buddy. Stop giving me the run around here. They were lost in the wind until I came out. <laughs> grabbed hold of them, and I was like, I got you, baby nation. Blues Traveler. John Popper. Bring you back in. Sing the song. Ooh, I give it a run and a round. It's a surefire way to heat things up. I don't know it. (laughs) (laughs) You went in and out of it. (laughs) Listen, you got anything else you want to talk to me about? No, I told you 45 minutes ago I was out of notes. Christius Ross Perot? Good. John Popper, singer of Blues Traveler? (laughs) He's there. (laughs) They're all bowing to the will of a purple sentient orb. (laughs) (laughs) That's the real president. Yeah. Babies and gentlemen. That's the shadow government. Yeah. Listen, listen, let's get the fuck out of here. Yes, please. Baby Nation, this week, I have been Jack Shepard. I have been Tanner Greenring. This week, we read a book called Christie for President, though you wouldn't know it because we mostly talked about Jamie riding his bike, thanks to somebody. Me. Next week, we're reading a book called Mallory and the Dream Horse. (laughs) (laughs) She fights a horse, Baby Nation. (laughs) God, I wonder if she's going to have to call on the services of the sentient purple orb. Probably. God, I hope so. He's the only one who can enchant weapons. Uh, next week, we're reading a book called Purple Orb vs. Dream Horse <laughs> <laughs> by Nola Thacker. Ugh. It's going to be wild. I read in the happy reading section and was like, and look out for my new series. 
Yeah. Written with Nola Thacker. <laughs> the sentient orb people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's going to be fucking great. <laughs> I can't wait to have to look for sentient orb references in all of these books now. Just another thing. It's a lot to keep track of, yeah. man. We're going to have to hire, like, an intern. Yeah. Um, thank you for all your lovely ratings and reviews on iTunes. It gives us great joy to read. I read them to Tanner. I don't read them. They scare me. He is too afraid that they might be negative. So if that picture of me reading aloud your nice review to Tanner as he blushes with joy is not enough for you to give us a nice rating, I just don't fucking know anymore what I could possibly do. You know, that's it. That's really trying my goddamn best here. Don't attack them. I'm sorry. We need them. I love you, and I kiss you. I've been Jack Shepard. You've been Tanner Greenring. I love you, and kiss you, too. Share this episode with a friend if you think they'll like it. Claudia's wearing a bra now. The way she talks, you'd think the boys had just been invented. Here, where the people are. Check, 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 check. Walking around on there. What do you call them? Oh, yeah. Feet. Mermaid. Up where they run. Up where they... Little mermaid. Play all day in the sun. Ariel. Something, your world. Jack Googles. That's the new theme song for Jack Googles. Yeah? Yeah.